Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome back to the Hotel Marketing Podcast. This is episode 214, and I'm your host, Pete DeMeo. And you are tuning in today to what I think is going to be just a bang-up episode. I've got a special guest, which I'm going to leave everybody hanging for for just a second. And we're going to dive into a topic that we really don't cover too often, and that is the creative process. This is, a, I think, a big miss on our part that we have not covered this in the past 213 episodes, but the good news is that's a, a fault of ours that we're correcting today. So I'm joined with Nick McNeil. He is the Interactive Director of the Brand Agency, one of the largest and most award agencies in the Carolinas, and I dare say the world. Nick, how you doing, man? Good, good, good. Glad to be here, Pete. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to have you on, on the show. You are a part of our sister agency, which we don't talk about too much, but uh, along with Travel Boom, we have the brand agency and a series of other agencies that all work in tandem to make sure that we help all of our clients, be it hotel or otherwise, succeed, not just online, but anywhere that they can be found. So uh, Nick, yeah, welcome to the show again. And if you don't mind, kind of give us a little idea of who the heck you are and why people should care what you have to say. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's debatable um, if what I say is important, but I will say that uh, I'll just kind of introduce myself. So I'm, I, uh, I'm the interactive director at the Brandon Agency, and we are full service uh, agency. So uh, we do, you know, a lot of the same things that um, that you guys are involved in a lot, but also traditional media. Um, and just full service A to Z, right? And we have an entire uh, creative team within the um, within the agency. And then my group, the interactive team, is is development. Uh, we do some search marketing, uh, email analytics, things like that. So that's what um, that's what consists of the, of the interactive group within the agency. But I'm an director, so I mostly work within all my all the different teams on digital projects, on website work. Um, things like that. Yeah. And what's, I think, so exciting about what you guys are doing on the brand agency side is you know, here at Travel Boom, we eat, breathe, live everything to do with hotel marketing. And it makes us a, we know what we're doing, definitely on hotel marketing side. You guys definitely have a larger umbrella. You have a lot of pretty impressive retail clients, e-commerce clients, lifestyle brands. And I think what that's going to do is going to bring a really interesting perspective of what works outside the hotel world to our listeners who are all eagerly awaiting how they can make their creative process better outside of just thinking about it from a true hotelier's perspective. I was just going to say, I think, um, uh, you know, two big areas probably worth pointing out from that we work on a lot are e-commerce, which in a lot of ways travel is also e-commerce, but then lead generation is another big part of the, of the work we do. Uh, and then the industries that we work within is pretty, pretty broad. So we're able to, to learn some things in B2B that would also learn work for a startup and, and or maybe even a financial um, client. So uh, that's kind of the fun thing is being able to bounce around um, between all those different groups and categories and, and uh, try new things. Yeah, and that's definitely what we're excited to hear about. So you, in addition to the podcast today, you can also follow along on the show notes. So visit travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and click on episode 214. 
And that will have all of the information to connect with Nick and the Brain Agency, as well as everything we talk about today. So you may want to take notes, but you don't have to because we've got Nick's entire brain downloaded to the show notes right here. But before we jump in to the big stuff, we have a newsaroo, and then I'm going to put hold Nick's feet to the fire with a 60 seconds to success. So to start off with the news, I have to sing the stupid jingle. Everybody ready? With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for all of our newsaroos. There we go. So anyway, the newsaroo today is from CoStar. And the title is CEOs See Group Travel Return in 2022. It's a pretty interesting article. I just came out on March 1st, so it's still pretty new. But more or less what happened is Hotel News Now reached out and interviewed the COOs, CFOs, and CEOs of several of the largest major flags in the industry and got an understanding of where they see the group travel portion of our business, what's going to be happening with it in the future. And it's it's pretty interesting. So across the board, everyone is very bullish on the transient leisure vacationer, which is fantastic. But one thing that was markedly missing in 2021 was that group business. A lot of people did not want to travel or couldn't because of corporate requirements There was a lot more concern over COVID. And now that we've kind of entered into the the post-COVID world, we're seeing some pretty interesting data come back from the the big guys. Uh, Just a couple of the ones that I read that were pretty interesting, and this comes from Hilton. Their quote is, we continue to expect meaningful acceleration in business group in the back half of the year, which is 2022, and underlying group demand remains strong. Compared to 2019, our tentative booking revenue is up more than 25%. And that's compared to 2019, which if everybody goes back in the Wayback Machine and remembers, 2019 was a pretty bang up year for just about everybody. So if Hilton is seeing a robust second half of 2022, that's a pretty exciting thing for for all of us in the hotel industry. Nick, have you read this article or you have any thoughts on what we're seeing in group travel or, or group in general? I think... Um, um... I mean, I think it's exciting. I did actually. Um, and, you know, to see the results that, that people are seeing or just kind of the initial numbers in terms of, of bookings for this year is very, very exciting. Obviously, everyone, uh, you and I and everyone within the agencies and, and probably every, everyone listening is hopeful for that. So, um, you know, some evidence of that um, uh, you know, from, from someone like Hilton is just amazing to hear. It really is. And hopefully we continue to see this move along. Uh, as we're recording this, there is a massive war going on in the, in Ukraine, in Russia. So that is something that we all have concerns over. However, if you take that out, and hopefully if we take out the fact that COVID is now moving away, 2022 could be a real resurgence for travel as we used to know it. This article goes into detail. It talked to MGM Resorts. It talked to our... JL Lodging Trust, and several other major players in the industry. And they are all seeing something pretty similar to if it's not going to beat 2019 numbers, it's going to get pretty close. But across the board, 2020 and the the lack of any type of travel does seem like it's becoming a distant memory for us all. 
Absolutely. So we're going to jump over to the next section, and that is 60 Seconds to Success. So if you're just joining us or you're listening on LinkedIn, 60 Seconds to Success is when we are in a proverbial elevator and we have just one minute to share a tip or a trick that's going to make your hotel marketing much more effective. Now we have a special guest star today, which is Nick McNeil, the brand agency, and I'm putting him in the hot seat today. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock, Nick, and you have just one minute to share a tip or a trick that's going to make a hotelier's life a lot more easy. So I know you're coming from the traditional agency side. You have a lot of digital experience as well. So we're hoping to hear something that is not what we would typically hear from a hotelier, but someone who has a little bit broader experience. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Are you sure? It's only 60 seconds. You got to get it right the first time. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. So our tip comes today from a lot of, of work we've done in the past few years, uh, primarily in e-commerce, but it is <clears throat> to build a really great help slash support slash question center on your website. So that essentially is combining some elements of maybe you have a really nice, robust FAQ page or some resources on your uh, website about the property or about packing, things like that. So building a hub essentially to bring all of that information together, or at least the entry point of all that information together in the one page where it can help answer a potential customer or a, an actual someone who's already made a reservation, a place to go to get in contact with you to find out more information. So some of the obvious things would be any relevant phone number, any relevant email, a contact uh, form, things like that. But also list of maybe. Uh, no, nobody ever makes it the first time, but you, you can keep talking. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, secondly, but, uh, you know, is uh, frequently asked questions. You guys have talked about this a lot on your podcast before, but frequently asked questions and, and some lead into that section of your website. So the whole goal here is a customer service focused page that tries to answer some questions that don't have to be answered on a phone call or people struggle to find on your website because it could be in different places. So building one hub page that kind of helps people find what they're looking for, including quick things like live chat and chatbot access, things like that, all in one centralized page uh, on your website has re really been a big help for a lot of our clients. They've actually, by exposing the ways to get contacted, they've actually reduced the number of phone calls because they're answering the questions in a helpful way on their website. That's fire. That is the, a phenomenal tip and something that we hadn't really talked about before. Clearly, we've talked about FAQ sections and contact pages, but a lot of times we don't look at that as a location for building that true 10x content. And that's exactly what it is because that's the place people are going to go to get the answers before they can make a booking. And if you're requiring somebody to pick up the phone and call, there's going to be a good portion of those people who are, instead of making a phone call, they're going to go to Google. They're going to start doing searches. And what's going to happen is they're going to be found by your competitors. They're going to be found by the OTAs or find by somebody else who's going to divert them from your conversion funnel and send them down their path, which even if you get the booking, it's going to cost more overall. It's a great tool for, especially from a search perspective as well, for people who do opt to, to Google looking for information about your area or, or what to pack for vacation. Our clients pretty open to investing the, the time, effort, and money to, to build out these 10X type contact us FAQ pages? 
Yeah. Um, well, in the cases where we, we've gotten buy-in, you know, the problem was volume, ultimately, right, for the clients. Because they were seeing, like, hey, we're getting too many phone calls, we're getting too many emails. And they were looking for, is a, you know, it's a pretty clear pattern. And I'm sure a lot of the audience in this podcast listening has is, is, is been through this before, where your FAQ section is built off of, you know, the, the bombardment of the same question over and over again, either, you know, uh, through a variety of contact means. Um, but it ultimately they were concerned, like, you know, they want, they, they want to reduce phone calls and reduce the friction for the customer so they can get their answer quickly. So, um, you know, what you can put one of these pages together fairly simple and add on to it. So it doesn't have to be a full 10x version at launch. You could have a 2x version to start with and you slowly add to that. So um, I, what we've seen great success. And in, and in every case where we've had, um, where we've been had an opportunity to put this in place, um, everyone says that the call volume has at least stabilized, if not dropped. That's fit. This is a great tip, Nick, and I'm glad you were able to, to share it with us. All right, so that's going to wrap up our 60 Seconds to Success. This was a must listen to if, if you're a hotelier and definitely has an action item to, to take away. If you want to find more about the podcast and you're listening right now, all you have to do is nothing and just keep listening. However, if you're watching on LinkedIn, go ahead and check out travelboommarketing.com slash podcast, and you can listen to episode 214, where Nick and I are going to continue a discussion about why creativity matters or great creative matters in your hotel marketing. So join us there. If you don't, you'll be missing out for sure. Okay, Nick, now that we've got that out of the way, we're ready to dive into the big topic of today. Now, I put a topic or the title in here of Great Creative Leads to Great Occupancy, and hopefully that's an okay title for you, but feel free to change that now or as we go through the podcast. If you think it's silly, you can change it out to whatever you want. So what we're going to really talk about today is, you know, basically this show is about hoteliers and how we always talk about how to grow your direct booking channels, how to maximize your SEO, your pay-per-click strategies, your email analytics, meta, and everything else. But we really never sat down and really focused on the creative process and what having a great creative bank of assets is going to do to help a property's conversion rate. And that's why we have Nick. And we've got about five items here or four or five items to go through and, and talk about the reasons why creative is so important for hotels, measurable things that you can do to help and obviously then the action items of of what you can do as a property to create that creative that will lead to to better occupancy so so nick from an elevator speech perspective why does creative matter you know at all from for hotel so i i think like um and i'll and i'll put on the um the perspective that you guys tend to um come from on the podcast here. And it's just, it's another optimization um, uh, opportunity. So if you think about the things that goes into, um, you know, the, the, the effort that goes into optimizing for search or uh, optimizing for any specific channel that you're, your marketing channel that you're, you're working on, creative can help elevate that. It can, it's another opportunity for you to raise the game. And it doesn't always end up being a 10x improvement. I mean, investing in great creative is an investment, 
Um, so, you know, there's obviously cost involved in that. But I think if you look at creative, not as like some big expense, but as an, an actual investment that can help raise you above the competition or above your peers, I think you, you look at it like a, an optimization technique is probably just a little bit of a different angle that maybe some people don't think about. Good point. And actually, that's the kind of the first thing that we had was great creative is a true investment. And it, it's not something that is just a cost. It's something that you're actually going to put your money into, you're going to focus on, and it's going to be something that you actually use throughout the rest of the the marketing season, should I say. That's right. That's right. Um, and it's, you know, there's there's branding and there's branding strategy, which we're not really going to get into detail about that today. But when you, when you go into a, a, a branding process and you really go through that experience, what comes out of that is a set of guidelines that you can use. Um, uh, to, to work with. And one of the things coming out of that process is how you handle your creative and, and what you're doing um, uh, from, a, from a guideline standpoint, the standards that you're establishing, and then it help, can help you uh, be consistent. And consistency is obviously um, um, something that helps reduce friction in the customer experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it also, I think honestly, having that brand standards in the brand book is, is the tool that's going to help you year round because, you know, we see it all the time. You know, we're talking with one hotel in particular who you had a very clear brand, but they didn't have a standards guide that would make sure that that brand was adhered to by all the, you know, different medium and uh, different people who were out there helping to promote the property. And what happened is, over time, someone says, oh, I bet the logo will look good on this background if I put a little stroke behind it. I bet it'll look nice if there's an outer glow. I bet it'd be fun if we put Comic Sans all over the, the logo. And all of a sudden, you have this nightmare appear because you had great creative, but you did not take care of that investment and you squandered it. And then you have to basically start all over again, which is a, a nightmare. Right. So I think one thing is also is it, it's a good, it's also a really good way to take your assets that you have and convert them into conversion tools. Uh, just kind of like, you know, one example, and, and Nick, you probably have a, have a ton of these, but, you know, a, from a creative perspective, a, just let's say a room photo, you can take a room photo that is just, Hey, this is a picture of a room. But if you put the creative mindset to it and you develop a true, you know, photo shoot, what you can create is not just a room photo. You can create a, an image into a private oasis that is full of re- relaxation and where guests want to be and, and a guest can envision themselves enjoying a vacation. That's a great point, Pete. And I think, you know, when you're thinking about room photography um, with creative and, and even branding um, from, from that angle, I think you, uh, you establish a set of, design uh, standards that you would use within that photo shoot. So everything's shot at just the right angle and your shot list for every room is exactly the same. So for a customer browsing your website, they're seeing like really great photography, but they're also seeing and and getting questions answered through those photos. So what does the bathroom look like for every single room type that you have? And some properties have, you know, maybe a handful of room types, but some have a long list uh, with lots of variations. So uh, whatever you can do with, with photography and or video, which is typically they're usually shot together these days, um, to answer those questions um, is super helpful for, 
for, for customers. And I, my wife and I obviously shop for travel, and, but we shop very differently. And she spends a lot of time in the photo gallery and looking at videos and shots of the bathroom, which may not be a, my, a priority for me, but it is for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure you cover that list um, uh, in your photo shoot uh, and or video um, it really can go a long way. Yeah. So the other thing I want to ask you about, Nick, is in terms of, you know, we talked about a creative guideline or a brand book that the the hotel is going to follow. How does that ap- apply to the the tone of voice that you use or, you know, how your creative is, is produced? You know, is it like, do you really lock into, hey, this is a fun property. So you want to use, you know, more flowery, exciting language. Do you want to have more fun stuff in the photos? How detailed should a property get when they're creating these guidelines? Yeah, I mean, as detailed as they possibly can. I mean, we've seen um, brand books that are very, very detailed and, and even hundreds of pages long that really go into um, not just you know visual, but also messaging um, standards as well. So um, it definitely is part of the brand, the messaging, how you're saying things, the tone, um, and the voice obviously are a big part of that. And that can go into your brand book. So, you know, when you're thinking about branding, it's not just visual. It's not obviously not just logo. Logo would probably fall under the identity section of a brand book. But you also have within a brand book, you would have brand applications. So that would be how you would use your brand in different contexts. So on uh, product pages for a website or um, maybe a multiple properties or you know, how you would, how it translate on social and in newsletters and at an exhibition or somewhere on, you know, where you're actually in person in the conference hall, for example. So that could be like the, the application section. And then how do you take that creative and messaging and carry that through consistently through every single campaign and every single channel? Um, that's another big part of it. So when you're thinking about the visual stuff, a lot of times that'll end up just being one portion in the, the identity section, I'll call it, of your brand book. Nice. And I, actually, it's good that you actually touched on the next thing, which is your campaigns. And I'd like to get your thoughts on how great creative can turn a mediocre campaign into something that is a real winner and really does drive a powerful return on that spend. So... um I mean, again, I think um, uh, I, I think the consistency within the campaign. So today, when we're being targeting, we're being we're being uh, you know exposed to certain brands in a variety of different formats and messages uh, and channels all day long. Just consistency within that, you know, and and then great creative can help you keep that simple. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably one part of it. Um, uh, and then carrying it through. So, when, you know, the, the very first interaction all the way through the funnel, we want to make sure that that customer is seeing it consistently throughout. So I think um, that's a big part of being uh, of campaign creative that, that um, uh, is worth pointing out. It's just just the consistency uh, and trying to keep it as simple as possible. You know, I know we lo- we fall into that trap a lot, too, where we have our if it's our paid search team. Uh, if it's our social, organic, or paid social teams, you know they're going down a path where they're creating content, and then when you click on that content and you get to the landing page, that message might differ. And I think 
definitely from a, like an organic per- search perspective, that's where, or organic social perspective, should I say, that's really where you start seeing those deviations because that's constantly changing. New content is getting produced daily. That is very easy for there to be small little iterative changes that, you know, over five, 10 generations can wildly differ than the landing page that we're targeting users to go to. You know, I know one thing that we do all the time is really look at those landing pages that they hit once they've clicked in from a campaign and making sure that the creative and the layout of that page really does perform well because it's a it's a big, big difference from you know a page you put together on your own versus a page you actually had a designer or someone who has design chops work on for you. I think it's a great, a great point, um, Pete, um, because a lot of times what will happen is when you're thinking about campaigns, you're thinking about the first step of that process. So if you're doing something new and creative and you could have the greatest idea and maybe you found that found a way to, to get some virality on social um, for something that you put together. But ultimately, the next stage is um, inconsistent in any way or that landing page just doesn't quite say or imply it have the same feeling that the that the creative did, then you're you're slowing things down and you're starting to lose people. So it's you're, you're adding friction by not having that having the the fundamentals of the the full path sort of thought through when you're thinking about campaigns. It's all the way to the end, not just mm-hmm. the first step. Yeah, and a lot of times that means you're going to have more than one landing page. You have a lot more landing pages, and you're also going to have landing pages that evolve a lot more frequently. Because you, you may have a seasonal special, you know, St. Patrick's Day is coming up, and you, know, you may have a seasonal St. Patrick's Day special. You want to make sure whatever that offer is carries all the way through. And even most, more importantly than that, after St. Patrick's Day, you know, your Easter special is not also still leading the people to that St. Patrick's Day landing page. You got to keep that updated, fresh, and changing non- nonstop. Yeah, so when we when we're thinking through the creative and, and new campaigns of the agency, what we'll, what we'll think about is, um, uh, you know, what what's how do we pull this off, and what are the different tools that we're going to have to use? So if we're if we're thinking about okay, we need a landing page, and the landing page has to say this, and it has to be just right. Sometimes your website can have capabilities to make those landing pages dynamically, and that's great, that's wonderful because that's what you want. But other other ways. Um, if it doesn't and your CRM has a landing page capability attached to that, sometimes you have to go that route um, as well. And I think that's perfectly fine. But it's something that from a creative standpoint, when, we, when we're going through this process, we're thinking about and asking all of those questions like, okay, once they get past, you know, once they get some awareness and they actually click through and they're shopping, they're in the consideration phase um you know where are they going what's that what you know what tools and what things are we going to have to have in place and sometimes the technology stuff can be a little bit challenging um but i guess my point is to make sure that's part of the question process up front and at the initial stage of campaign development that's a very good point if you do it early in advance it's easy to integrate that into your campaigns but a lot of times, if you don't think about that, the campaign launches and then you go into scramble mode because you just realized that you only thought about halfway through the process. So that's, that's a good point about making sure you have the questions to answer, not necessarily always have the answers in advance, but you can kind of figure those out. So Nick, so that was those are really two good 
points that we want to make so far, I did want to kind of dive into the true ROIS. We talked about great creative, great copywriting that goes kind of along with that leads to better campaigns. Landing pages lead to better campaigns. But I can't help but also think from a creative perspective, you know, one of our mantras is ABT or always be testing. And you know, what are some of those guidelines from a user experience and a testing perspective that we couldn't do without great creative? Well, um, great question. I think that creative also helps you expand your testing um, canvas, so to speak. So if you really think about um, if you have made an investment and in good creative and or um, have a value at highly, it's part of that testing process. So creative is. Um, and design is not just what it looks like, but also how it works and what it says, um, either visually or through messaging. So, um, I mean, those, when you start to break it out like that, then you've got, okay, well, I can, I can think about visual creative A-B testing opportunities, or I can think about sending people down different paths. So that's more of a functional creative um, opportunity. And then, um, you know, purely just messaging, like how, what, what, um, behaviors do to these certain headlines evoke and, 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 uh, where, what paths do people go down? Um, uh, when we say this versus that. Um, so I think that it just expands the, 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 what you can do with AB testing. Um, it's kind of how our team views it. Good point. So here's a question for you that my search engine guys are going to ask. I don't want you changing my H1s because I've already optimized those to be the best possible headline for the page. And now this creative guy is telling me I need to change it to something flowery and harder to optimize for. How do you strike that balance? Um, well, I think we're, we ha- I think I would say that we're both right. He's absolutely right from an organic search perspective, right? But this campaign that we're working on, these uh, we're, we're looking at um, uh, awareness uh, campaigns on a social platform. So that path is a little bit different, right? They may come back and then they're going to come through uh, organic search, right? But um, I think ultimately, if we were going back to the other earlier point, if we were consistent or if we we had the ability on our website to to be dynamic with our landing pages um then we can both win so uh i would say both 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 of us are right we just need to find a way to satisfy all those <laughs> true every need so and, and you know, I, I think another thing as well depending on the the campaign longevity it may not necessarily you can push back from the, against the seo guys to an extent you know, if it's a very limited time offer or a campaign that's not going to be around forever, then all the traffic that you're driving to that page is more likely going to be, you know, paid or promoted traffic versus that organic traffic that, you know, from my word, I'm so used to, you know, always bending the knee to and making sure I do everything I can to get. I was going to say that's exactly right. I mean, a lot of times these campaigns are short, short term things. So the last thing that we would ever recommend is to um, uh, change up something, especially if you've got some SEO equity, right? Uh, we would want to maybe make a copy of that page or if it's done, like I said, dynamic in some way. 
but a lot of times you're right. These are, these are time-based um, and, and SEO is not really something that we want to get a lot of traction for because at some point it's going to end, uh, especially if we're thinking about a promotional thing, right? Um, holiday or seasonality or like early booking windows and things like that. So you're saying that the SEO guys and the creative guys can finally get along now. We can all sit they down love and, each other. and relax. They, they love yeah, I thought so. Okay, good. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, I, I think one thing I kind of want to hit on as well is, you know, great creative does lead to that better user experience that we just talked about. You know, I know of one example specifically where when we originally built a one particular site, it was a, a news-centric site. And what happened was, but they're using news to drive direct bookings. And what happened is in that design, we had the, you know, a video, we had news content, and we had a booking engine. Problem is, is that on newer devices and just different types of devices, that booking widget would get pushed down below the natural fold, I use that in quotes, of the page, which meant only about, say, around 60-ish percent of the people ever scroll down at all past the first impression of the page, and they were missing the booking engine completely. Looking at that data and using some A-B testing tools, you know, be it uh, the one in particular we use is Clarity, but if it's it's Baymart, if it's whatever type of platform you're using to kind of figure out your UX best practices, we were able to move that booking engine up to a different position, make sure it was above the fold. And once we made that change and we ran a experiment or the A-B test, what we found is that we were able to improve the conversion rate of the homepage by 30%. And that was making one change, but taking it and looking at it from a, a usable creative perspective and balancing the performance with the creative aspect of it. Uh, Nick, I'm sure you guys probably do a lot of the same stuff on, on your side. Yeah, we do. Um, and and uh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, some of the, some of the studies that we've seen specifically on uh, your example is that um, depending on the size of the uh, of the um, of the client, right? So if you have a client that let's just say the website is is a uh, is a more of a global search or a multi property search, right? That position of the booking engine needs to be even more. It's even more important in the placement than it is when you get down to the individual property level. That's where we start to see behavior differences a little bit, and it's still obviously critically important for that to be up front. But when you're looking at a higher, let's just call it retail level, right? Like a search where I'm not quite sure what my destination is, or I'm still shopping properties. The importance level is increased is higher. Um, and we see that in e-commerce too. When I'm shopping at a large e-commerce website, um, uh, I'm shopping for at a broader level, right? But then on the individual property website, um, the booking engine needs to be there and it needs to be close, but it's, there's something about the property that I'm interested in and the destination is already predetermined typically when, when I'm on a hotel property website. So it's a little bit less. So um, I think it's good to kind of explain to, to just point out those differences. And, and then we see the same sort of things in e-commerce testing. Um, so we know that certain things like user reviews are very important, but for on a direct to consumer website, like if, on a, if you're in a specific brand buying a, a something from their limited catalog, um, the reviews are, are great, 
but they're more valuable on a larger e-com side because I've, I've, there's a trust level established there, right? And I, we also see, uh, you even see within metrics, the time that someone spends on a homepage on an individual brand's website, whether that's in travel or um, in other areas, um, is, is greater. There's more time spent on the home because they're trying to understand a little bit more about this specific property, trying to have a connection in a level that they wouldn't have in earlier in the funnel and in the, the shopping uh, or the search process. That makes a lot of sense. So this is awesome. So we, we've kind of covered a lot of stuff. We've talked about the the creative process, why it's an investment. We talked about creating campaigns that rock because of great creative. And we talked about that better user experience. So Nick, if you had to kind of wrap everything up, because I think we threw a lot of, a lot of stuff at our listeners today. Let's say you had to boil down the creative that every hotel needs. You know, so leaving after listening to this podcast, you get on the phone, you talk to your agency. What are some things that you're going to want to hear from a hotel that's going to help them succeed? What are their, what are their checklist of, I need to have this in my toolbox? So I think I would go back with a set of questions and I would ask, one, do I cover all the bases, right? So am, am I, am I, um, do I have a creative or, or do I have creative consistency across everything that I'm doing? That's probably my number one question. So a, a good brand book or creative guideline is number one. Absolutely. Right. Try to establish um, that you, with everything that you're doing uh, from a marketing perspective, that you not only have boxes checked about what you're doing, but also that you're doing it, you have some kind of plan and strategy around that. And the brand book will guide you in that process. All right. What else would you recommend? Um, so then you get into individual assets, all right? So it's, it's photography and do I have the photography and or video and or assets um, uh, that support that, um, and, and they're up to date and, or do I have a plan to get them up to date? Because again, you can't do all these things overnight. So it takes a little bit of time, but just make sure you have a plan, um, to upgrade those assets, uh, when, and if you, when, and if you, um, have that in your schedule. Yep. So, uh, you, before the podcast began, you, you made a comment I thought was really, really cool. And you said that the great photography or videography is able to answer questions that the guest does not even know that they have. You know, so all those things that would drive someone to an FAQ section, you know, do they have a hot tub? Well, if you have a video that shows someone in a bubbling hot tub, you've answered that question. And it may not have been a question that was even top of mind to the guest yet, but you're starting to preload their their mindset with your attributes, you know, the amenities, the the lifestyle that they can expect when visiting your property. Yeah, yeah, really, really key. So, yeah, to add to that, Pete, I would say that, um, you know, and sometimes I distill it down too simply, but it is about customer service, right? And every and answering questions. So, in all the things that we talked about that today, hopefully, that's a theme because that's really one of the one of the um, one of the common threads in terms of how we think about it at the agency is, um, you know, how can you answer a question for a customer without them having to ask? And how can you make an impression that is memorable? So if someone books at your property and you have a, um, you have a brand established 
and they have a really great experience. It's that much more memorable when you have uh, when you when you've got something uh, for them to leave with, and they're going to remember that that brand. So that's another thing I think you know when, when even if someone doesn't know you and just in a passing they they come across you, if they have a really good experience, great creative um, and, and or a great brand. Um, can really help uh, cement that in their in the customer's mind over a longer term. term. That's a really good point because I great creative is a memorable, and if you have a vanilla website or you just you know try to phone it in somewhat, your brand and your property can become very forgettable. Yeah, you know, but if you find something that resonates with who your customer is, and you know, you have the creative to back it up to lock it in their brain, then it, they'll never forget you. You know, no matter how far you know down the road that they they end up going from you. Very right. nice, Nick. Anything else that you want to add? You've you've thrown a lot of stuff at us, and I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know. I think just with creative, I think a lot of times people will will run into the or they'll naturally go into the wow, that's a big expense. And I really do think that, you know, Pete, you made a great point early on that it really is best to look at it as an investment because it does have a return. And I think to incorporate um, some of the things that we talked today uh, into um, how you plan and, and plan to test. Um, I think that you can really see um, pretty quickly doing some small investments up front. You'll start to res- you start to see how that can elevate and optimize um, your performance. Good point. Yeah, you're right. We don't have to necessarily throw our entire budget at creative at once, but creating that iterative approach where we start investing more and more. You know, like you say, if, if I can prove the improvement in my conversion rate and my performance and drive more occupancy at a higher rate, then that creative, it's an investment, but it's also an investment that's going to be constantly paying dividends. So <clears throat> good right. stuff. Well, Nick, you've, like I said, you've really given us a good education. So I definitely appreciate that. Before we leave though, I know that you have some things that uh, have been resonating in your brain. What, uh, what's your favorite kids song today? <laughs> uh today it is uh the i guess it's the introduction song from the new disney movie in Kanto. it's 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 playing on repeat almost daily <laughs> at the house right now. yeah and, and for those who don't know nick is uh enjoying fatherhood uh with some some little ones but uh but yeah so i, I know that feeling i had so many of those men songs locked into my head you know, if it was a back for for my kids, they're they're older now, but it was like a backyard again song or something, and it was, it would just burn in. You know, it would just lock in there and it would never leave. But that's what great creative is supposed to do anyway, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. Reinforcing your brand. Well, good deal. Well, hey, Nick, if people wanted to find out a little bit more about you or about the brand agency, where where would you point them to? Uh, probably LinkedIn. The agency does a good job of posting a lot of information and uh, we always constantly posting new articles and tips and things like that. So find me, find me uh, through LinkedIn would probably be the, yep. the easiest. And that's uh, linkedin.com slash company slash the branding agency with, with dashes in between there. And Nick, I just realized something else. 
not only can they find the brand agency there, they can find you there because you're the the top picture for the agency. Did you know that? I did not. Yes, I did you not. are. You, uh, did you set this up today, Pete? No, I didn't. I <laughs> I just pulled it up and I was like, I, I recognize that guy's forehead. It's uh, a shot of you kind of going straight down <laughs> while you're working on the computer. <laughs> Excellent. So proof. There's proof Good that choice. Nick works at the brand agency. Yeah. So uh, You can also find out a little bit more about the brand agency if you want at thebrandagency.com. There's a ton of information. There's a lot of good case studies. And you know, if you need just some amazing branding, traditional work or digital work, that's definitely a the first place I would start. And, and I kind of go from there. We worked well together with at Travel Boom with the brand agency. So you know, we can honestly, between the two companies, offer you everything you could possibly need in terms of hotel marketing uh, or even beyond hotel marketing, I guess, with, with you, Nick. Good deal. Anything else that you want to share? Any tips or tricks, or you think you've uh, you've covered everything that our listeners can handle in this forty-five minutes of? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if we could cover everything, but it's been an absolute pleasure um, being on the podcast, Pete. I appreciate um, you reaching out. Absolutely. So, uh, so if you guys want, go ahead and check out travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. Click on 214, and from there, you're going to get all the, the show notes, but then you'll also get links to the brand agency, learn a little bit more about Nick, and all the stuff that we talked about will be right there. Uh, if you want to follow us, definitely check us out on LinkedIn as well at linkedin.com slash company slash travel boom marketing. And most importantly, if you have any ideas of what you want to hear about for future shows, or if you'd like to be a guest, you can also go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. And click on the feedback button, and that will actually send an email directly to me. I'll reach out to you, and then we can make some some awesome stuff happen. But that is all we have for today. So definitely tune in next time. And until then, happy hotel marketing, and Travel Boom is out. Uh-huh.